0: Welcome to the weekly podcast for City Chapel at Slaughter Creek, the world's okayest church right here in Austin. Get to know us better at citychapelchurch.com. We're so glad that you joined us today and hope you enjoy the message. That's what's happening. So it's it's so encouraging. Um, And in this season, we're starting a new sermon series today uh, and we're jumping into the book of... How do you say it? I've heard it all kinds of ways. I've been listening to different teachers. And and so anyway, I've heard, uh, the way I grew up saying it was Habakkuk. Habakkuk is how I grew up. Now there's a guy who, who does a lot of Hebrew and he says it's Habakkuk. I just can't go there. I just, I can't, I can't remember that I can't, st- I, I don't know, I'm not Hebrew uh, Greek is my thing I, I never, I never got into Hebrew very much So I'm going to call it Habakkuk If you have a more grammatically correct way to say it um, uh, Then go ahead and be my guest row with her accent You don't even want to hear how she pronounces it <laughs> It's not G-rated um, But, uh, yeah Um, It's fun. It's fun around the house that has an accent. I'm like, have a what? (laughs) What are you saying? It's a good time. It's a good time. Um, But Habakkuk is the name of a prophet. It's actually uh, one of the... This book is uh, one of the lamentations. There's different categories in Scripture. And so uh, this is a lament, uh, which I think is a perfect book of the Bible to teach in this season because a lot of people are mourning. Uh, a lot of people are lamenting. They're, they're they're dealing with grief. They're dealing with loss. That's what Habakkuk is all about. Um, Habakkuk is 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 a, is written around 609 BC, 609 to 608 BC, and is written by the prophet. Habakkuk. Before I get into that, actually, really, I want to I want to dance around Habakkuk today. Uh, I'm not I'm not going to dive in fully uh, here. In the coming weeks, we're going to go verse by verse, just like we did Colossians, and we're going to walk through and see what the Lord would say to us. I have no idea how long this is going to (laughs) take. I really don't think it's I seriously don't think it's going to be as long. It's not going to be Habakkuk. For the holidays, it's not going to be Habakkuk for the holidays. It's not what it's going to be. Um, I I can I can guarantee, almost guarantee, um, because there's only three chapters. See, there was four chapters of Colossians, so it, it just it just got it got it got it, it got it got thick. It got thick. But uh, no, we're going to jump into Habakkuk, and uh, uh, before we even jump into it, I, I want to I want to go to the very last verse, because in a lament. Um, For instance, the book of Lamentations is a lament. A lament means a cry or a mourn. Um, So obviously the book of Lamentations is an entire book dedicated to crying. Uh, I love that God is so diverse. He doesn't just have a book dedicated to joy, although there are some of those. He doesn't just have a book dedicated to hope, although Colossians obviously was very much about that. He actually has entire books dedicated to tears and to mourning. Um, God is okay with mourning. Mourning is not ungodly. Crying is not ungodly. And, 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 and Habakkuk proves that. But one thing you need to do when you're reading a lament is you need to go to the back of the book. Because whenever you're reading a, a, a book about uh, lamenting, uh, a biblical book about lamenting, it starts off pretty bad, the first few verses, first chapter even. And then there's always a resolution. So in the book of Lamin- uh, Lamentations, the resolution is uh, something we were quoting today. Because of his uh, mercies, because his mercies are new every morning, uh, therefore we are not consumed, because his compassions fail not. Great is thy. Faithfulness. And I always have to say that in King James because that's the hymn. That's how it goes. Great is thy faithfulness. And so that's the, that's the point, though. That's the point of the whole book for Lamentations. Well, the point of the entire book for Habakkuk is found, the last verse of Habakkuk, verse uh, 19 of chapter 3. And so I want to start off by looking at the point, looking at the end, all right? And this is super deep, so we're going to be looking at this verse probably almost every single week um, because it is uh, the basis for our, our sermon series, which our sermon series, we're calling it Wild Faith. I believe God wants to stir up some wild faith, not, not, not just domesticated faith, not just faith that works uh, when we know exactly when we're going to meet again and how we're going to, when we, when we can plan things out. I'm not talking about the kind of faith that needs a schedule. I'm not talking about the kind of faith that needs vision or sight. I mean wild faith, faith that will take you to new heights in your in your walk with God. Faith that will live off of the it's wild faith. They'll live off the berries in the mountains like it doesn't need something on a silver platter it doesn't it doesn't need to be waited on it'll go find its own food i'm talking about wild faith crazy faith faith that uh, our forefathers had faith that any follower of christ has had to experience and so i believe god wants to activate wild faith inside of us And um, the, the, the whole idea of wild faith You see the little deer down at the bottom That's a reference to this passage right here Verse 19 says The Lord God is my strength That is the point, by the way, of Habakkuk The Lord God is my strength This is the thing that Habakkuk comes to This is the conclusion that he comes to He will make my feet like deer's feet And he will make me walk on my high hills And so, man, you can see that that this is a wild faith. And it's a faith that's going to take us to new heights and new levels. But because uh, I'm hairy, I'm going to skip all of the good stuff. And I want to look at the last last two sentences of this iconic verse. uh, Habakkuk says, "...to the chief musician with my stringed instruments." So today's message is really about that, those two sentences. To the chief musician with my stringed instrument. As I was studying Habakkuk, I don't know if the camera come back here. We, we, don't, we don't need that. You guys can remember that. To the chief musician with my stringed instrument. As I was studying Habakkuk, uh, one thing I always do is I try to figure out the context of the verse. I try to tr- the, the, the the verse, well, the whole entire book. Where does this fit in historical context? Who is Habakkuk? And one of the greatest clues to who Habakkuk is, is in the very last two sentences of his book. He finishes writing this book, three chapters. It's uh, it's a lament, it's a poem, and apparently it's also a song. And at the end of it, he says that this song is to be delivered to the chief musician. The chief musician would be the chief musician in the temple. And 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 it's to be delivered to the chief musician. And then he said it's to be played on my stringed instruments. Now this is interesting because typically prophets didn't have stringed instruments. I don't know if you've read any prophets. Ezekiel, he he he, Ezekiel wasn't in a boy band. (laughs) It's not how that works. Uh, Elijah, he was not he was not a singer. He, I mean, it's, this is kind of weird because we have Habakkuk the prophet, and yet at the very end of his book, he, he leaves this instruction. He said, Look, you need to deliver this to the chief musician. Why? This would be for the singing uh, in the temple. So the way this, the way this whole thing worked is uh, back in the day, before they had Hillsong, they had uh, priests. Levites, right? And they were in charge of the, the temple. And they were in charge of taking care of the daily activities. Well, one of their daily activities was worship. And so they were also in charge. There was a particular sect, actually, of, of, of the Levites that were in charge, because not everybody can write music or should. Um, they were in charge of, of writing the songs. The songs that people would sing when they came to worship. And so when Habakkuk says, I want you to deliver this to the chief musician, you may notice in the Psalms, this happens quite frequently. David will say, give this to the chief musician. That's, that's one of the things that made David so special among kings. David was a weird king because he wasn't just a king. He was also a priest, which is why he was able to eat from the showbread. Because he had, not only did he have a kingship role that God had given him, but God had also extended to him a priestly role, and not only a priestly role, but a prophetic role, because he also prophesied. So David is one of those really fascinating kings who's really a prototype of another king who was to come. Uh, his name was Jesus. And, and, yet, and yet you don't see that other places. You don't see other kings giving out poems to the chief musician for them to sing. And so when, when, when Habakkuk gives this instruction at the end of his book, he's given us a clue about who he is. The only people that could give instructions to the chief musicians about what to sing would be priests. And then he says, I want you to play it on my instruments. Meaning, he was not just a priest who helped write the songs, he was also a priest who helped play the songs. So, some pastors play keys and preach on in on the same sunday you know what i'm saying come on somebody poppy's getting in so no he 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 was he was a worship leader and he was a priest now now this is interesting to me because because in in the book he's listed as a prophet in chapter 1 verse 1 and this is the other verse that i'm going to read today the first verse he says, this is the burden which the prophet Habakkuk saw. The prophet Habakkuk saw. And we can go, we can go back to that in a minute. But he's listed as a, a prophet. Now, he was a priest until God made him a prophet. And so this is, this, this is really my word for you today. I believe that it is, this is a season. This is a Habakkuk season. Because God is shifting some some things in people's lives god is shifting some things in people's calling god is shifting some things in 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 the way in which you are operating and and in a in in a habakkuk season i don't know any better way to say that except a habakkuk season that in in a season of mourning in a season of lament in a season of crisis god will often shift people and, and you were doing this for 30 years, but now you're going to start doing this. We believe that Habakkuk's ministry actually started uh, right around 21 years before he wrote Habakkuk. So whether the ministry of his prophetic ministry or the ministry of, 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 his, of his priestly ministry, we're not really sure. But we believe his ministry started about 21 years earlier. I happen to think it had to do with his priestly ministry because in his first book and only book that he writes, he says, actually, let's use this for what I've been doing. And what's interesting is that God took him from being a priest to being a prophet. There was a, there was a shift that happens. Yeah, so there's so there you go. In case you missed that, I, there is a shift that God is doing in your life and in my life. He, he's bringing a shift. Somebody, somebody say shift in the house. If you're watching online, just go ahead and say shift from the couch. One, one more time. What's, what's God doing? Shift. Happens. And... He is shifting. It needs to happen. I tricked you into that. I tricked you into that. It needs to happen. It's got to happen because, because when God is getting ready to do something new, his people have to shift with him. His people have to move with him. And, and, and it, you, you, another guy who lived at the same time as, as Habakkuk's name is Jeremiah. He was also a priest until God made him a prophet. He didn't want to be a prophet oftentimes we don't, we don't, we don't want to shift because <laughs> we are people who like to do things the way we've always done them. We like predictability. You want to know about predictability? Be a priest because it's literally the exact same thing every day, every morning, every afternoon, every evening. That's true of a day. That's also true of a week, right? You have the Sabbath. You have the other days of the week. That's also true of a month. We know we have these feast days that have to operate on these days of this month and those feast days that will start on those days of those months. This is how we do these feast days. This is how we've always done these feast days. It is absolute predictability. And when God called Habakkuk to shift, he was asking him to go from a priest to a prophet. In other words, he's asking him to go from a predictable pattern a predictable schedule to become a prophet. Now, if you've read any of the Old Testament, you know that a prophet's life was anything but predictable. If you went to a prophet and said, so, um, uh, how long are we going to have to wear face masks? <laughs> like, anything but predictable. A prophet's ministry is entirely different than a priest. A priest ministry is to maintain the, the the processes, the pattern that God had laid out to Moses on the Mount Sinai. The prophet's ministry is to hear the current Rhema of the Lord that he's speaking to his people. And God, if you read the old testament, God had his prophets do some crazy, unpredictable things to get that word across. Right? Like 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 I, it, was, it was I think it was Ezekiel. He made him lay on his side for a thousand days. And eat like horse dung or cow. No, it's cow manure. He would eat cow manure. Not predictable. He just randomly like uh, what's his name had to go around naked for a while. Hosea had to marry a prostitute. God had, God had forbidden them from marrying their, their neighbors. And then for Hosea, God's like, so we're going to bend the rules a little bit. We're going to have you marry this pagan prostitute. Oh, God, I can't do that. A priest never bent the rules. A priest never, never adjusted anything. A priest's job was to maintain the status quo, what God had called him to do. Yet a prophet's job was to throw a monkey wrench into the, into the whole system. And God grabs a priest and says, I want to make you a prophet. God grabs Habakkuk, who's been lighting candles every morning, right? Bringing in the bread every week, um, hosting different, di- different ceremonies every single new moon and, and feast days, and all those. And then he's like, okay, now you got the predictable pattern part down. I want to shift. I wanna, there's going to be a shift, and now you're going to move from priest to prophet, where you lose your predictability. And now it's not about predictability now it's about power so he shifted him from predictable patterns to actual demonstrations of power because the priests didn't operate in power they operated in the patterns but a prophet would operate in power right, Elijah went before the king Ahab and said it's not going to rain for, until I say it's going to rain when's that, be, when, when's that? Can, we get, can we get four phases for that And stages of the phases, and then phases of the stages. Could we just get a, could could we we get some kind of convoluted message, please? Because apparently we need that. And Elijah says, there is no phase. There are no seasons. There is no stage. There is just the word of God. And when you're operating in just the word of God, you're not operating in phases and stages, even though there are seasons for those kinds of strategies. But right now, the strategy I believe that God is giving to his church, the strategy is listen that's the strategy the strategy is not plan the strategy is not communicate the strategy is listen you a prophet's job is to listen a priest's job is to speak the priest communicates to the people on behalf of god the prophet the prophet communicates... No, the, the priest communicates to God. The priest brings the stuff from the people and takes it into the presence of God, whereas a prophet is in the presence of God, takes the stuff he gets from in the presence of God out to the people. I believe God is, God is shifting not 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 even just you personally or even city chapel i think god's shifting the american church instead of getting stuff from out here and bringing it in here he's wanting us to get stuff from in his presence and bring it out here to the people there's a shift happening it's a shift in perspective it's a shift in focus see because a prophet's primary objective is to hear from god priest's primary objective is to hear from people tell me your sins confess your sins i'll take it into god but the prophet doesn't need to hear about your sins because he's been too busy talking to god he's been hearing from god directly and so he moves in power the shift that was happening in habakkuk's life was a shift from a priest to a prophet and that shift would mean he's going from predictable pattern into a season of power but he has to let go of his predictability he has to let go of the need to control things and project things human human projections are sometimes the enemy of a prophetic word your human plans can be can actually work against the prophetic word that God wants to speak into your life. So I want to encourage you to shift and become shiftable. I don't even know if if that's a word. But just just like, like let go of your need to project and predict and plan things. God may be shifting things into a season where where it's not as comfortable, but it's more powerful. Because when you hear, faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God when you hear from God he steps into it and so Habakkuk is moving from, from priest to prophet he's shifting how he operates he's shifting what he focuses on a, a priest has to focus on perfection because you have to get it right and if you don't get it right there are serious consequences but a prophet doesn't have to focus on perfection he has to focus on, on expediency it's how quickly can you obey what you heard? Now, the priest, he doesn't want to move quick. Because he moves quick, he might die. He might forget something. He might slip up. He might trip over the Ark of the Covenant. That's not going to be a good thing. A priest can't move too quickly. He moves steady, slowly, methodically. And, 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 and the church, for years, has, has relied on its steady, slow, methodical strategies and that's lovely, and we've seen what that's able to do, but now God, I think, is ramping it up, and he says, you've you've had that kind of faith, but now we're going to have wild faith, the kind of faith that can go higher than the level that you're at, this kind of faith is not steady, it's not slow, it's not methodical, this kind of faith is listen and obey quickly, listen and obey quickly, hear and speak quickly, Gather from the very presence of God. No, we, we, we don't need posters. We need prayer warriors. We need people who are in the prayer closet that hear directly from God and then come out to people and share what God has said. This is not a time to be gauging whether or not it's politically correct, whether or not what, what people will think about you. This is not a time to start thinking, well, e- even like people wear masks sometimes just because they know other people are expecting them to wear masks <laughs> now right now we have the rule in church for you guys to wear masks, right so yes i'm expecting you to wear a mask i don't know if we're going to keep that next week i think next week mask might be optional we'll see what what happens on monday but there's some some loosening of of, of restrictions and we'll see what you mean? You're not going to de- give me a definite? No, you're going to. We're going to shift you from a need for a definite into a reliance. See, it doesn't take any trust. The priest doesn't have to trust God very much. He relies on his pattern. He relies on his process. He relies on his protocol. He knows if he can just do the right protocol, everything will be okay. And that's fine for his calling. But when God shifts you, suddenly it's no longer about what you can do. It's no longer about if you can maintain this or if you can maintain that. Now it's if you can hear the word of the Lord and obey quickly without fear of what other people might think of you. Uh, Somebody was telling me the other day he was in, He was in, there was, there was, there was, he he stopped by his church. uh, He was a pastor, stopped by his church to pick something up, and he was talking to uh, the secretary, and they were talking. Neither one of them had mask on. Somebody one of the elders came in, they were talking, nobody had mask on. Somebody else came in, it was kind of a larger room, the entryway of the church. Somebody else, and then the fifth person came in, and they kind of like got awkward, and they they grabbed their mask, and that made everybody else. Somebody else was like, well, um, I can go out to my car. And so then he went out to his car. and, 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 And my friend was like, what just happened here? We went from safe to, oh, no, nope, not safe. But it wasn't safe. It was, they expect me to do this. This is politically correct. This is what's expected. of. Me. This is what's socially, you know, this way they know I'm conscious of stuff. And I'm smart and I am, you know. But no, this is a season, sure, communicate. By all means. Communicate. Uh, be be thoughtful of people. Be aware of people around you. Absolutely. Uh, be thoughtful of them. Check in with them. Are you comfortable with me wearing a mask, not wearing a mask? I mean, you know, communicate, absolutely. But, but, but there is a time when we have to get alone with God. And the prophet, I, I don't remember Elijah ever asking permission for anything. I don't ever remember Ezekiel. So I really don't want to hurt your feelings. But um, <laughs> prophets, they, they can't be concerned about that because they're so obsessed with the word of God. They have to speak that word, even if it is offensive, even if it is hurtful. Not to offend, but to be clear and to be open and to be real, to be honest. These are our standards. These are the things God's speaking. And this is just truth. And this will actually help you because God's word is always in our best interest. The shift from focusing on people to focus on, focusing on God, shifting even, even where he's standing. And by the way, there was a, there was a shift in the nation. So I'm talking about a shift right now, and, and if you're watching this 10 years from now, you're like, masks? What is he? What? Um, so anyway, uh, we're in a COVID-19 deal happening right now uh, for the past two months. Um, and if you're watching this in the future, um, yes, I, yes, I had gray hair. Uh, even at 40, I had gray hair. This is how I roll. Um, but, 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 but Habakkuk was in a shift as well. So he wrote this in 609 or 608 BC. Do you know what? Do you know what else happened in 609 BC? Uh, a certain king died. A king by the name of Josiah. You might have heard of him. He was one of, well, he was the last godly king in the southern kingdom. This is where Habakkuk is. He's in Judah, the southern kingdom, and the last godly king's name was Josiah. And he was really the first godly king in a couple of generations. Josiah's grandfather had turned away from God and had started bringing in false gods and joining pagan religions and things like that. But Josiah, as an eight-year-old boy, became king. And he decided that he was going to go after the god of his fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and submit to him. But he didn't know much about that god. And so he did what he could, but he really didn't know much. Some of you are right there. You're like, all right, I need to get close to God. I have no idea what that looks like. And you're tuning in. That's a good start. And that's literally where he started. He started with the temple. So years later, uh, I think it was 17 years later, Josiah says, we need to remodel the temple, the temple of God. We need to go back to church. Come on, somebody. We need to go back to church. So he went back to the temple. He says, look, there's a bunch of pagan junk in there. We need to get those false idols out. It's all dusty because it hasn't been used in decades. We need, to, we need to clean things off. And so he sent the high priest because they were still doing the priest stuff, just not in the, in the temple. So he sends them to the temple, and he says, just clean this place out. Let's get this thing ready for, for what little we do know we're going to do. We don't know everything, but we're going to do it. And lo and behold, while the priest is in there, he finds a scroll. And it's a scroll called the book of the law. Most believe it's probably Deuteronomy. Moses' book of the law that was put next to the Ark of the Covenant in the holy place. And so the priest, the high priest discovers this, brings this to Josiah. Josiah reads it and weeps because he realizes how far off he was. He tears his clothes because he realizes just how far him and all of his people have been removed from God's ways. And plus, he reads all the curses that are coming on them because of their disobedience. So he cries out to God, and God sends a prophetess to go talk to him and say, God's heard your cry, and because of your humble heart, God's not going to bring any of the curses during your lifetime. And so Josiah says, All right, let's rebuild this thing. Let's do it according to the book. Let's live according to the book. And that's another protocol, by the way, for how to get close to God. Go back to church and then go back to the word as much as you're able as much as you understand. I don't understand everything. Well, Josiah didn't either. He only had Deuteronomy. Come on. Then. I'll hand you Deuteronomy and we'll see how far you get, all right? Like but even in Deuteronomy you have you have the basis for faith in the lamb of God. You have the basis for faith. And so and so Josiah begins building a country around the law of God, and then Josiah dies, and literally within that year or the very next year, Habakkuk writes this letter, because Habakkuk realized something, I think, this is why, I think he realized after Josiah died, his son took over for three months, and then he was killed and taken captive, then his other son took over for a few months, and then everyone was on the verge of, when Habakkuk writes this, they're on the verge of being carried away captive to Babylon. What happened was, when Josiah died, Josiah's son was evil. And this is this is what's so tricky. You, ha- you see this in the book of Judges especially, where somebody will rise up as a king, will lead the people toward God, and then in the very next chapter, somebody rises up as a king and leads the people away from God. Why? Because, because, this is never meant to be a national religion. I can impose rules on you and make it look like we're all following God. Like I can be like, all right, if you don't come to church, God's gonna strike you dead. And so you'll come to church. I can be like, well, if you don't come to prayer meeting, God's gonna strike you dead. And so you'll come to prayer meeting. You can create rules that make people live in fear to do to adhere to a certain set of standard. But if it's not in your heart, then as soon as those rules are lifted, those restrictions are lifted, or somebody says, hey, you should probably do this or do that, suddenly you start swaying with the tide of public opinion. And what we see is that while Josiah was able to uh, manufacture an adherence to the rules of God, he was not able to get into the hearts of people. This is seen even in Habakkuk, by the way. Habakkuk chapter one, the first five verses, you see Habakkuk's heart. This is, this is, this, so, so you can elect the right guy you can even pass really great laws you can, go, you, can, you can pack the supreme court with all the people you think ought to be there but at the end of the day if, if God doesn't touch people's hearts this is not a national religion this is a relationship and Josiah had a relationship but he wasn't able to pass it on to his son and he wasn't able to pass it on to his people because as soon as Josiah bit the dust, his son rises up and says, yeah, we're not going that way. And you know his son didn't figure that out at his dad's funeral. You know he didn't be like, I just had a change your heart. I think I'm going to... No, 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 no. Like the seeds of rebellion were growing inside of him. Josiah was able to shift the, the the tide of public opinion, but he was not able to move the inclinations of people's hearts because only God can do that. And only obedience to him and submission to God will shift a heart. And so this actually is, is not only Habakkuk's shift, this is also Israel's shift. This is Judah's shift because now for uh, about, well, I guess it was about 20 years or so uh, Josiah is leading the people in in an adherence to some rules and they're like a bunch of Texans (laughs) they go to church they don't cuss too much (laughs) they don't drink too much and that's very variable how much is too much we don't know and nobody's allowed to tell me, but we don't drink too much. We don't smoke too much. So I mean it was it was like but and, 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 and darn it we 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 go to church on Easter and and you know occasionally some other time and, and so and so they had adherence to rules. But all of a sudden those rules went away. All of a sudden, there was a there was a public shift. And now the leaders said, actually, we don't really want you going to the temple. We want you going over here to this high place. We have some poles set up, and you can bow to Asher and Baal and worship him. And you see the hearts of the people just went... Shoo. Because, I don't know, I guess they thought that... <laughs> That You could legislate morality That legality was morality Well, the leader says it's fine I guess it must be fine It's interesting They didn't have a thing inside of them And so there's a shift happening Habakkuk sees it And by the way, he's going to prophesy about this Jeremiah prophesies about the shift Though you guys have been keeping a bunch of rules and stuff But your hearts were far from God Now those rules are going to be taken away And now God will dwell in your hearts so he's getting rid of the have to and he's trying to insert a want to. And so even though the the news is not good, by the way, the book of Habakkuk is not very cheerful about what's coming because honestly the babylonians are coming they're not cheerful people and this is not going to be a welcome party but the truth is god says there's still hope and that's what habakkuk says the lord is my strength there's still hope because god's still working even when i can't see what he's doing i believe that he's doing something he's we see it sometimes as a disruption but it's not it's part of the development COVID-19 is not a disruption to your life. It is part of God's development of your life. It's not a disruption to the church. It's part of God's development of the church. He is purifying his bride. He is sanctifying his bride. He is preparing his bride. And he is using COVID-19 to do it now you might object to that and Habakkuk did too so we'll get into that next week All right, Uh, he's got some objections Lord couldn't you use something nicer, better, softer, gentler I mean you know but anyway but no he, he is it's not a disruption all of Israel seems like they're in a disruption but God is saying to Habakkuk no this is a development I am working I'm moving I haven't let go God hasn't let go and so God is commanding his people to not let go You say, how is he doing that? Well, Habakkuk 1 verse 1. The burden which the prophet Habakkuk saw. The word Habakkuk means to hold on. (laughs) So what I'm saying is God didn't just choose any random priest. He chose a priest whose very name meant to hold on. And yet that same priest at the end says, the Lord is my strength, but God chose him and his name means to hold on. To hold on, it's, it's, it's not necessarily to hold on like you would hold loosely. It's literally, it's a wrestling term. So wrestlers don't usually hold with their fingertips or with their hands. They kind of, you know, it's its <laughs> its to hold. It's like, it's, it's all, it's like, it's like all of you wrapped around it's it's to hold on and to not let go no matter what you're holding on to no matter how much it shakes and moves yeah you gotta hold on tight and that's what that's what that's what I think God is calling us in this shift God is calling you to hold on to him we hold on to the stuff that we think is him but it, uh, it but it's not. He, he is unchanging. He is unchanging. So he says, he says, I want you to hold on to him. And it's a burden which the prophet, the guy who holds on, that burden which he saw. Now, what's interesting is you, you hear him in the beginning say there was this burden that he saw but when he starts the book, and we don't have it up on the screen, but I just want to read just the first couple of verses. I'm going to actually preach about this next week. I'm going to preach about the, the importance of doubt next week. Because he starts his whole deal. He says, Oh Lord, how long shall I cry and you not hear me? Even cry out to you violence and you're not safe. Why do you show me iniquity and cause me to see trouble for plundering and violence are before me There is strife and contention arises therefore the law is powerless justice never goes forth for the wicked surround the righteous therefore perverse judgment proceeds in other words he's his whole first couple of verses of this chapter of this chapter is god you're not doing your job all kinds of mess happening this is crazy. And so I'm going to talk about next week with the need for doubt because you don't reach great faith until you've had great doubt. And Habakkuk starts with great doubt. And great doubt is a springboard for great faith. Weak faith is the kind that's never had any doubt. It's never questioned, never thought about it. But real faith, strong faith is the kind that has springboarded off of great doubt. And so he starts off with this great doubt. In other words, he's carrying a burden. And that's what's interesting to me that he chooses when he goes back, by the way, he didn't write this thing till he lived it. That's a good thought for those of you wanting to write something. So he he lived it first and then he came back and he said, actually, this was the burden that I saw. So I came to God with a burden I was carrying, but I got a glimpse of another burden. There was a burden that the burden he's carrying is there's injustice in the land. God's not doing his job. There's iniquity. There's violence. There's, there's un, unfairness happening. That's the burden he's carrying. He steps into the presence of God and he sees another burden. If you want to know what that burden is, you can read chapter three and it's pretty awesome. He sees another burden. The burden is the glory of God. Burden means weight. He sees something very heavy, like a great rock, And suddenly the thing he was carrying doesn't seem so heavy. That's what faith is. Faith is a vision of what God has said. Faith can see into reality because it sees according to what God has said. And and what, what he was doing is he was carrying a heavy burden. And this is why Jesus said, are you burdened and heavy laden? Come to me. All you that are carrying a heavy weight, my yoke is easy and my burden is light because my burden is the kind you see you don't carry. But your burden is the kind you carry and so it weighs you down. It's heavy. And he says, look, look, this is the burden that I saw. And when I saw this new burden, this new weight, this new rock, I was able to let go of this little weight that I was carrying. Uh, Micah likes to hop on my back whenever I take him up to bed at night. <laughs> and whatever he's carrying at the moment that he gets on my back, that weight gets transferred to me. <laughs> Which, because I'm so strong and because Micah is very small, that's fine. Now, in a few years, I don't know if it's going to work out, but what if... What if what was in your hands, what what if you could transfer the weight of that? What if you recognized and realized that you were actually in God's hands and suddenly you realize that what's in your hands doesn't have to be in your hands when you're in God's hands? I think it's that old song. He's got the whole world. I can't really... Do it with that deal going on. I don't know what that is, but yeah, he's got the whole world in his hands. He's got the whole wide world in his hands. He's got the whole world in his hands. He's got the whole world in his hands. If you're watching online, sing it with us. He's got the whole yeah, whole world in his hands. He's got the whole world. In his hands, he's got the whole world in his hands. He's got coronavirus and all of its cousins. <laughs> in his hands. <laughs> he's got anxiety and depression. In his hands, he's, he's got my past and my future. He's got the whole world in his hands. He's got the United States government. He's got the Russian invasion in his hands. uh, He's got the Chinese and their health situation. (laughs) In his hands, he's got the whole world in his, he's got my times and my seasons. In his hands, he's got my children and my wife. In his hands, he's got my house and my cars. In his hands, he's got the whole world. He's got my hopes and my dreams. In his hands, he's got my disappointments and my failures. (laughs) In his hands, he's got my regrets and my mistakes. In his hands, he's got the whole world in his hands. We had some storms this past week, Friday, Thursday, I don't know, every day of the week. My God, if you're in central Texas, and if you lived in our farm, Woo! It was a rough week. We had leaking stuff, lots of things leaking, and um, we already have some trauma around that. You might have heard about a little flood and some stuff. And um, so I was up Friday night. I think it was Friday night. Yeah, Friday night. Another storm was coming. This is a huge storm. Like all of Texas was getting it. It was just moving along, and and um, we're watching on the radar, you know, on our phone. And Madden's getting ready to go to bed. It's and it hasn't hit yet. And so Madden has a hard time going to sleep when she's got to you know, the big storm coming. And so she wanted to see it one more time on the thing. I said, okay, honey, let's look at it one more time. So we looked at it, and we saw it moving. When is it going to be here? I don't know. I'm not a meteorologist. Uh, how hard is it going to be? I don't know. I'm not be, Like, I don't, like, uh, so I'm becoming a bit of an amateur meteorologist uh, around my house. And, um, and, then, and then she finally said, well, you know, will you be up? And I said, well, yeah, I think it's going to hit. It looks like, according to my little finger graph, it's going to hit around 11 o'clock, 11.30, I'll be up. And she said, oh, okay, well, I, can, I, I, I feel better about going to sleep knowing that you're up. And then I was up. Midnight, it's pounding our house, and I'm sitting down there with the lights off, looking out the window. And I was praying, and I said, God, I feel better knowing you're up. <laughs> I can sit here and look out the window knowing you're up. Knowing you're awake, knowing the God who guards me has got me in his hands. I can release my regret and my mistakes because it's in his hands. I can release my past and I can trust with my future because it's in his hands. I can go to sleep because he's up, because he never sleeps, he never slumbers. Yeah. The question is can you see what he said? If you're watching right now, and maybe God's speaking to you about trust, maybe speaking to you about holding on, I'd encourage you to hold. Man, I'd encourage you to hold on to Jesus. I don't know what the politics of this country will do. I don't know what the economy will do. I don't know what your own health would do. I don't know what your house will do. Uh, You know, once again, man, Rebecca's house... You can't plan for that kind of thing. You don't know, like it's not anybody's fault, I don't think. It's just it's crazy. You gotta hold on to Jesus though. Hmm. What's that old hymn? Looking for somebody who knows hymns. Um I may I may actually be able to you guys you guys are it's just 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 as we close I'm gonna look that up real quick. This is this is us winging it. So as we close, you guys know the old hymn, uh, "Hold to God's Unchanging Hand." Do you? I'm gonna put you, gonna put you on the spot, Michelle. <laughs> Not, no, no. Let me see. Let me see here. Yeah, I think it it went something like, if you're watching online, just... And if you know it, online people, you internet people, there's a song we used to sing. Yeah, here it is. Oh, man, the first verse, I loved it. It said, um, Time is filled with swift transitions none of earth unmoved can stand build your hope on things eternal and hold to god's unchanging hand time is filled with swift transition none of earth unmoved can stand none of earth unmoved can stand build your hope on things eternal build your hope on things eternal and hold to god's unchanging hand the chorus just says you got to hold to god's unchanging hand to God's unchanging hand build your hope build your hope on things eternal and hold to God's unchanging hand trust in Him who will not leave you whatsoever whatsoever may bring if by earthly ones forsaken still more closely to him cling hold on hold to God's unchanging hand hold to God's unchanging hand Build your hope on things eternal And hold to God's unchanging hand The last verse said When your journey here has ended If to God you have been true Fair and bright, your home in glory, your enraptured souls shall view. Hold to God's unchanging hand, hold to God's unchanging hand. Build your hope on things eternal And hold to God's unchanging end Time is filled with swift transitions None of earth unmoved can stand build your hope on things eternal and hold to God's unchanging hand amen amen father we hold on to you make a decision right now to turn our eyes to Jesus and to hold to your unchanging hand whatever time may bring we're holding on to you. We're trusting in you. We believe in you. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. Amen. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's let's go. Let's go live it. Let's go hold on to Jesus. If you're watching online today, thank you for joining us. Um,